Hello everyone, welcome to Wonderfield Week. I am your host, Caitlin Corey. Uh, before we get started with episode two, I just wanted to thank everyone who reached out with such warm and kind feedback after the premiere episode. I was feeling very vulnerable after the first episode went live, and my anxiety totally dissipated when I received so many beautiful messages, so I just really wanted to thank you all. I also wanted to thank a few people in particular, the creator of my theme music, Mitch Mahaney, and the artist who created our amazing new logo, artist Emmy Smith, who you guys can check out on Instagram at Little by Lupin. Her work is fully amazing, and I'm in love with my new Fierce logo, so thank you so much, Emmy. Okay, so today we are back with episode two, and the theme for today's show is Feeling the Fear and Doing It Anyway. And my guest is a woman who embodies this quote perfectly. Originally from Australia, my guest has traveled all around the world and has even lived abroad. She's had many amazing adventures and experiences all around the world, and eventually her adventures brought her to LA, where we met about three years ago. Since then, she has continued to inspire me with her poise, her grace, her confidence, and her overall fierce and fearless attitude towards life. Among many other things, she is a fellow host, a hilarious improv comedian, and a bride-to-be. Please welcome my dear friend, Maya Dalton. Welcome, Maya. Thank you. That (laughs) intro was just so delightful. You are the best. Oh. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Of course. When I think of the quote, feel the fear in you anyway, you were the first person that came to mind. Wow, that is a huge honor. Thank you so much. (laughs) You are literally one of the most fearless people I've met. And I have to say, coming to LA, not knowing anyone and meeting you, I truly felt like that was meant to be. Because you have inspired a lot of confidence in me with not just the advice that you give me or the compliments or the way you lift me up as a friend, but just the way you live your life. You're very fearless. The stories you tell, they sometimes, I don't even think it resonates to you how Mm -hmm. powerful they are and how fearless you are. But I say to myself, like, what would Maya do? Like, look what she's doing. Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that is so sweet of you. So, okay. So we'll begin at the beginning. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you uprooted your life, not only from Australia, but mm-hmm. I know you lived in Abu Dhabi for years. Yeah. And eventually you found yourself in sunny California mm-hmm. with me and you're my pal. Right, <laughs> I know. So tell everyone there's a lot in between. Yeah. And a lot of faith, a lot of mm-hmm. fearlessness, and a lot of faith yeah okay, so absolutely so you know what I'm gonna go back a little bit okay, yeah, and um yeah just to kind of give you a bit of like context to the Perfect. story because you know I of course everyone I sort of meet here they're like oh you're Australian like when did you move here but it's such sort of a bigger story than so that and um I guess like as I sort of look back um so I was living in Australia I was working in media and advertising and I was quite young at the time and I was working this full-time job it was a lot of pressure a lot of sort of client entertaining doing sort of big advertising deals and so on. And um, I just found myself in this spot where it's like sort of like a life catches up to you and, you know, and then you're like, oh, wait, how did I even end up here? And I had a boyfriend at the time and he was a bit older than me and we, you know, he was just not a very nice person now that I look back. And I think, you know, I was so young at the time. I was 18 or 19 when we met and we were together for a couple of years. And I think, you know, back then you just, you don't really you don't know how to sort of navigate like how you should be treated in a relationship right. and what's okay and what's not. Mm-hmm. And it's he was the lessons you have to learn, unfortunately. Exactly. And like, you know, he wasn't a terrible person, but it just wasn't a match. And 
whatever. And so we ended up breaking up and it was a really tough breakup. And, um, right. I know. And, and so I was in this point in my life where, and we were living together. So I had to move out of the apartment that we had set up. Yeah. And I actually moved in with my grandparents, um, who lived probably about 30 minutes away from me at the time. And around that same time, I had just gotten a new job and that was sort of like the final straw of our relationship. And um, to give you a bit of background, basically, you know, I, I was starting this new job and there was going to be about a month where I didn't have any income. And, you know, we were living together. We were a committed relationship. And I said, hey, like, is it all right? Can you just spot me these, you know, next few weeks, just right. like with groceries and bills and so on, like rents covered, but just these. Exactly. Just these extra things while I'm in this period of transition. And he just wasn't on board with it. And he created this Excel spreadsheet and it was like breakfast on Sunday morning. And it was like groceries. It was money for like a bus pass. Like it was like the tiniest details. And he was like, I'm just keeping tally of everything. And that to me, I was like, this isn't a partner. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. Exactly. And so that to me, like it really showed me, you know, who he was as a person. And that was the final, like, I was like, okay, I I can't be in this relationship anymore. And um, so that's when I moved in with my grandparents and, um, and I just started this new job and everything in my life was changing. And the job I started was at this magazine. It was like the equivalent of, I guess, like our like people mag over oh, here, wow. but an Australian one. Yeah, it was it was a pretty a it was a big deal. And I was one of their advertising sales managers. And um, again, finding myself in this position where I was like, how did I get here? But I was just sort of doing it. Because you don't know you don't know even maybe still how amazing you are. Like oh. you're a total fit. Oh, okay. but it probably feels like wow. I know. Well, I think you know. I think so much of the time we kind of get this like imposter syndrome. Right. It's like who am I to be in this job? Like I don't belong don't here. Like me. I'm just fooling everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, you got like you There's got yourself there exactly mm-hmm. and um and so the women I worked with they were you know it was kind of like a it was that magazine like caddy it was like you know a little bit devil wears Prada oh, where I worked movies? yes it was and like just the fashion you would see through like walk through the gates in the morning like it was, it was a lot the, of pressure. yeah it, it was a big deal and um and so one of the women that I worked with said to me one day she said oh, you know what you'd be good at? Like being a flight attendant at one of those Middle Eastern airlines, they would like love you. And I was like, what? And I'd never like thought of that before. And I, you know, I started Googling and I found this girl's blog and she was a flight attendant at Emirates. And here she was, this young woman traveling the world and going to all these different places and living in Dubai. And I'd heard of Dubai before and I just thought like, wow, like what an incredible place. And I did a little bit more Googling and then it turned out that um, there was an open day and an assessment day for Emirates just a couple of weeks later. Oh, and I was, amazing. yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to like, you know, see and like newly single. You sort of have exactly. And the thing was like with my ex-boyfriend, he was also in the media and advertising industry. So we had a lot of the same friends, a lot of the same colleagues lived in this sort of circle of like this beach town where we lived in. So it was all very like, you know, once we were no longer together, I kind of have to had to start again, right. like and sort of work out who I was. And um, yeah, and so I went to this open day and I, and leading up to this, I was like, this is going to be my thing. Like I'm going to move to the Emirates, like I'm going to be a flight attendant, like this is happening for me. So I went to the open day and the open day is kind of like a, 
I guess like American Idol audition. So they make cuts oh. through the day. Yeah. So that it's like, if I don't read your name, you would not be going through to the next stage. American it's very American like, Idol. yeah, it's very like tense. And, you know, the activities we did, there was sort of a lot of like group activities. Like they'd ask a question and they'd see how you interacted with everyone or like, here, here's some newspaper, build a tower out of the newspaper. And you'd be like, oh, here, let me help you. I've got that. Like, here's the tape. And everyone's just being like so fake and like, cause you're being watched, you right. know, you want to show like, yeah you want to show like you're such a team player anyway so as the day went by um it got to a point where I didn't make the next round and I was just heartbroken like because I I, yeah Yeah. and I like put everything into this and I was like this is my next step I was like this is like this is what I'm gonna do this is gonna be the new chapter of my life like I'm gonna leave all of this you know the bad relationship the kind of toxic workplace everything behind this is gonna be my new next step And then before I knew it, it was just like yanked from my hands and there was like nothing I could do about it. And I remember going to my best friend's place that afternoon because she thought she thought I was a sure in. She was like, oh, of course you're going to make it. And I was just sobbing and I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Like that, that was the dream. Like, that's like, what can I do now? You know, there's no other option. And then I, you know, I cried to her and she was like, you know, lovely and comforting to me. And then I went home that day and I I was on one of the sort of like chat forum boards of like people who wanted to be flight attendants and someone had posted, oh, there's a new airline, Etihad Airlines, and they're, they're going to have an open day in Sydney in the next like week or two. And then I was like, huh. And then I did a bit of research. I was like, okay, all right. So they were based in Abu Dhabi and um, they weren't as established as Emirates, but they were still, you know, an established airline. But it was still an opportunity. Exactly. And then it turned out like the open day, I think was, this was on the Sunday or something. And their open day was like the following. Wednesday so I was like well I already have my photos printed I already have like my resume and like my exactly a rehearsal I already had my skirt my little like skirt suit that I had bought especially for this and I already knew how to do my hair in a bun and wear the red lipstick and had my nails done I was like I have everything like I'm ready for this and so I was like let me just see how it goes I took the day off work I went in, it was like a 12 hour process, similar to the Emirates one, where it was sort of like round after round, they'd like, you know, cull down, you know, on people and um, all these sort of team building exercises. Then you got to sort of a final interview. And in the interview, they were like, oh, well, you know, you're working in media and advertising right now. Like it might be really difficult for you to be a flight attendant because, you know, it's essentially hospitality and you're used to, you know, maybe you'd be better off suited in more of a sales position or in the office. And I was like, well, no, like this is what I want. And after that, like final interview, after this, like grueling 12 hour day I was like well I guess I didn't get it like because I just the feeling that I got from that interview they were like well why are you sure you really want this and I was like well I do but you know what if they don't believe that I do and um and then sort of the next process the next sort of step in the process was you would just wait for a phone call I know so I was just like on edge just waiting for this phone call and I knew it would come in from like an international number and I had just moved into a new apartment with um a roommate of mine who I lived with previously this like wonderful girl and we got this like great spot in like the heart of Sydney it was like such a cute apartment we're like doing it all up we'd been there for two weeks and so I got this call and I picked up the phone they're like yes hi so um we'd like to let you know that you got through to the like next round we'd like to offer you a position you know at our airline and so on and I remember just like screaming and freaking out and I was like yes 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 and they're like okay and we need you to come in two weeks we can't hold the date for you so the way they do it is like they give you a time period like you need to start in this next batch and if you don't start in that next batch you're put in a holding pool and there's no guarantee when you can be picked to go to 
go through to the training. Yeah, so it was now or never. And I just moved into this new apartment, like just kind of getting back on my feet. I just like I think I had been at this other job for a little while now, but still it was sort of still new. And then, you know, typically in Australia you try and give as much notice as I think it was like four weeks notice at that time. And how long was your lease with your new roomie? Um, well I had to like find someone to take my spot because we'd like signed a lease so it was like all these things that I'd like just kind of set up but then you know life like takes you and and sometimes you just exactly and I couldn't put it off and I couldn't say no because I knew if I said no or delayed it like there was a chance I would lose that opportunity was there a time you were thinking about not taking it because it was too many like you were affecting too many other people oh yeah and I and I remember like I remember this so clearly I had this phone conversation with my aunt and um my aunt like I she unfortunately she passed a couple of years ago but she was a businesswoman she was just like yeah and she just had the best advice and she always saw like my potential and would always be like you know what you should be doing oh you'd be incredible at this and she was just one of those people that like really showed like turned a sort of mirror on you and showed you like hey these are all the things you're capable of yeah absolutely and she was like wonderful successful had like an incredible family and so on and and so I remember I called her and I was in tears and I was like, honey, Anne, like, I just, I just don't think I can do this. Like, what, are, where am I moving to the Middle East? Like, happening? I don't know where I'm going to live. What if I hate the job? Well, you know, I'm leaving behind all of my friends. I'm going to lose touch with everyone. What about family? And like, and she was like, listen, she was like, you don't worry about any of that. You have an incredible opportunity in front of you. You're going to go, you're going to take it and you're going to have an amazing time and you're going to travel the world. She was always your literal angel. Right. Yeah. She was your earth angel and now she's your guardian. Exactly. Angel. Because, you know, sometimes you just need someone to just like you tell do. it to you straight it and be like, feel so much better. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And just to like give you that strength. And she was like, look, if it's awful, you can always come back. She's like, if you hate it that much, you'll always have your family here. You'll always have your base so in Australia. Like you can come back the next day if you, you know, if you hate it so right. much. Like, but you, but she was like, this is a special opportunity. It's been like dropped in your lap basically. And like, you need to go after this. And think about all the girls who didn't get it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the other thing. So like, like even, girl, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's one of the, it really felt like a, like once in a lifetime chance, right. you know, it was one of those sort and of opportunities. Back, it did change your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I don't like that, you know, that experience is such a big part of who I am and right. the friends I have today. And like, you know, my views on the world and travel and just so many different things. And, sure and you've learned so much. Oh yeah. You've lived all over now. Yeah. Like you've been everywhere, you've mm-hmm. traveled. So like you have seen them from many perspectives. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, so I guess after that, I had like two weeks to pack up everything. I just bought new furniture, sold all the furniture, found a new roommate to take my spot. I told work, which was like, you know, it's never a comfortable conversation resigning. And especially when you're like, hey, like, peace out. Like, I'm gone in like a week. Yeah. So that was a little awkward. But I think they understood that, you know, this was really like an opportunity that if I didn't grab now, I just sort of wouldn't, you know, be able to do. And them in your shoes would have done the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I kind of wrapped everything everything up and just like hopped on a plane and then on the other side I was just like okay what's gonna happen and I had some girls that I went over with they call them your batch mates and so they put you in a batch to start with and you have like an initial I think it was a three-month training period so you become very close with these girls because you're all sort of like starting on page one together yeah Yeah, all from like different countries and um yeah and so just kind of we we, instantly had like international friends yeah oh yeah and you become so close so quickly because you're just all sharing this experience you're all away from your your you know hometowns from your family from your friends everything you sort of know and you you sort of undergo this whole like new experience together yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah and you know I'm still like 
I have my best friends are still there. You know, a lot of them aren't flying and they just live in Dubai and are doing other things. But like, you know, it just really sort of provided like a like opened up a gap to kind of be very close with friends because you live in the same right. building you know you party together you right. hang out together you it's like, like work together no yeah and your friends like in that kind of circumstance your friends really become your family 100%. so yeah so nice. yeah and so um yeah so I guess you know I was there for about a uh, three and a half years traveling so, where was your home, base? so home base was in Abu Dhabi okay. yeah it was Abu Dhabi was great like you know we were and we were sort of about 40 it's a 40 minute car ride to Dubai so we'd go and party in Dubai and it was so, so funny fun. because when I was packing to leave I was like well won't bring these heels won't bring this dress like there's no way I'll be able to wear that over there and like I guess I won't be clubbing because you know my view of oh, right. the Emirates before I went over there was you know it was very sort of conservative you know it's an Islamic country and you have to be respectful in the way that you dress and carry right. yourself and alcohol was illegal like in most places except for hotels so I wasn't expecting it to be like a big sort of party you know experience but I got over there and I was like okay oh, I had no idea that's the nice thing about traveling yeah say that you'll have your preconceived notions about a certain country exactly and when you go there you're like oh yeah I have not known this if I didn't come here and experience it for myself exactly it's so important if people have the opportunity to travel you have to take it yep 100% and because and that's the thing I think a lot of us you know form an idea of a place like you know preconceived like perceptions and you think and that's what I did I was like oh I don't know like but then when you get over there you're like oh it's a completely different thing and and even people say to me too they're like oh how could you ever live in the Emirates like isn't it dangerous weren't you scared were you were you allowed to go out in public and it's like yeah you can yeah it's not yeah you can't blame them because you had exactly idea of what it was and they haven't had that experience so it's like yeah exactly so you were there and you were doing that Mm -hmm. and then yeah so I was so it was at the point where I think I'd been flying for about three and a half years and I think a lot of like past flight attendants will relate to this and you know it it is a fun job but it is also very like taxing on you physically seems exhausting it is oh it's exhausting about a simple flight yeah being a passenger yeah you're like oh my gosh travel day but you're like in a continuous travel yeah (laughs) and like on your like you know we'd have some flights that would depart at like like we'd have to show up to work at like 7 p.m at night and we wouldn't get back home until like nine o'clock the next morning and you're working that whole night so you're just like trying to stay up keep yourself awake and so that's one aspect of it and then the other sort of draining aspect is you're just dealing with like a large amount of people and like different attitudes you know different yeah personalities backgrounds different manners and it was really shocking to me because you know I'm from Australia and everything is like please thank you oh thank you so much oh could I trouble you yeah but over there it's like people will click at you like click 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 get me this yeah oh the absolute worst yeah like you're seeing the absolute Mm -hmm. worst impatience yeah entitlement you're seeing it all oh yeah so you're really seeing it all that um like you saying that reminds me my very first international flight I did was to London and I was so excited because I'd never been to the UK never been to anywhere in that part of the world before and so we'd gone over had this incredible layover I saw like all of like London and I was just like wow like this is I can't believe I'm getting paid right now this is the dream and 
and then I was just on such a high and you know I'm a naturally pretty bubbly and positive person and then we got back on the flight to go back from London to Abu Dhabi and I was there in the aisles like helping people and like it was one of my first flights so I was like very green very like bright-eyed bushy-tailed and um I like I walked up to a couple and was like hi welcome like can I help you with that and she just turned to me and she just like unleashed this like venom and it was like we have been waiting hours blah 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 and your airline yeah and just yelled at me and I was just like and then I went back into the galley and I just burst into tears and I was like I was just trying to help and then she just yelled at me and one of the like older crew members pulled me aside was like hey like you you, you'll learn quickly in this job you can't take anything personally that's not every person in the service industry bartender waitress anywhere you go up and down like yeah the job when people when you're in the service industry and you're trying to help Mm -hmm. and someone just unleashes like you know it's not warranted. It's not for you. Yeah. But it just feels awful. You awful. You can't help but take it for a No, second. but they look at the They're uniform or like, like yeah, and you're like, you know, you're you know, the company's ambassador. So they're just looking at you and yelling, like, it's your fault. And you you really take it to heart. And especially because I was on such a high, I was like, everything is amazing. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe this is my life. And like that got shut down real quick. Yeah. It like took no time at all. Um, And, you know, and there were a lot of like occurrences like that and just dealing with people from different backgrounds and like, just, I kind of got accustomed to like, not getting a please, not getting a thank you, to being clicked at, to being spoken to rudely. Yeah. You just kind of and you learn you just have to like develop a thicker skin and just like let it roll off your back and but did it make you callous like did it make you hardened at all a little enjoy the the times when you had off and you got to explore like the layover yeah exactly it was a real like up and it was a real roller coaster ride like i'd be like you know one moment like i'd land in paris and be like oh i can't believe i'm being paid just like explore the day here and like this is the best and then we get back on the flight and like someone would yell at me you know and it's kind of that like up and down Right. yeah high and low it's just kind of I guess that's sort of the sacrifice you make in a role like that where it is you know there is a very exciting element there's also sort of like a a downside right. you know like a like a lot of you know different jobs but but the nice yeah. part of it is you did get to see parts of the world that you oh, yeah. have not seen before absolutely because people who are like waitresses or bartenders they're experiencing the same venom yeah they're not necessarily getting the same bonus or exactly so yeah like sort of like see the silver and I'm sure you do like see the silver lining oh a hundred percent but yeah that's hard and it's hard to yeah. go from like a massive high to low in the same day yeah oh it was that was just like the job in a nutshell it was right. like up and down and high and low and loving life hating life loving it are there yeah. any flight attendants that last longer than are there a lifetime flight attendants yeah like 20 plus I mean some of them had been like when I was there some of them had already been there for like 10 or 15 years oh, wow. or been flying for their whole lives so and they're not like burning out after two three years I mean, a majority do, but some just kind of hang in there and they have this, you know, there's sort of this like jaded attitude that a few of them have where they're like, oh, like, listen, honey, like I've been doing this all my life. Like, no, seriously. Yeah. Like you don't even know you haven't seen what I've seen. Like it's, it's literally like that. And, um, and yeah, and some of them just kind of get like a little cuckoo because, right. you know, having that kind of lifestyle as your job really impacts like different aspects of your life. Like it's, you know, for example, it's difficult to hold down a relationship. That's exactly what I was going to ask next. Like yeah. how do you maintain like a home, I know you had a home base, but yeah. like if you had a relationship, if you were like a, a wife and a mother, would mm. you be able, do they do that? I mean, I'm sure some do. Yeah, I'm sure some do. Like That's difficult. I, I would imagine it would be so difficult, but even me, like I, you know, I dated a couple of guys, right. like whatever, but you know, there were times where like, you know, like 
the weekends were very big like so the weekend over there is friday and saturday so thursday nights were like the friday night so like thursday night everyone would be out in the club and like you know like say if there was a guy that i was seeing at the time like you know chances are i would be on a flight somewhere and he'd be at the he'd be at the club like getting a bottle and like yeah and you'd be like oh so how was your night like yeah and you know it's just like you'd miss out on a lot of that like weekend fun and like you weren't there a lot so it was kind of like you know it's and i'm sure from their aspect as well it must have been difficult being in a relationship or like, like seeing someone exactly yeah it's like life life. still goes on yeah so I think and I think it was just too difficult to have like you know a relationship when you're when you're doing a job like that and your schedule can change at the drop of the hat and like you know if it's their birthday and you're like well sorry like I have to be on this flight like and time differences even calling once you get where you're going yeah like I know like I'm from Boston and I'm from California so like the time difference talking to my family but I can't imagine if it was a like intimate relationship where you're like, oh, it's morning for me, it's night for you. Exactly. Like, it's so hard to stay connected. Yeah, and it's just a lot of like messaging, a lot of time on Skype, and then you know I'd be on a layover, layover and be in the hotel, and we'd just spend the whole time on Skype. Right. And I'd be like, well, what's so really like, the point of this? Exactly. Which is kind of the thing I like. Exactly. Right. So there was like a lot of that and. You know, it's, it's a difficult job, but I'm glad I did it when I was, right. like, very young and, like, very Perfectly. unattached. And, Perfectly. yeah, so, yes, definitely, you know, pros and cons. Right. But, um, but yeah, it kind of got to that three-and-a-half-year mark or even sooner than that. I was, like, really thinking, like, what's my next step going right. to be? So you were sort of thinking that a few years in. Like, yeah. Like, it's time to plot. Exactly. Like, that first year was incredible. It was, like, I was – every place I traveled to was new. And, Which like, I was just, like, shopping around the world, trying new foods, like, going – partying with my friends, like, you know, hanging out with these amazing girlfriends. And where we lived, there were all these, like, really nice hotels in the area and they would have, like, special deals for crew. Like, oh, oh like, come so and cool. use the pool for free and, like, discounted drinks or whatever. Yes. So it really felt like we were on vacation, like, all the time like for a whole year oh yeah it, it was so fun but then you know after a couple of years you sort of you know you get over like the same things and you start and I'm a person who like I need to feel like I'm learning or developing or growing constantly or striving towards something and You're a lot of the time yeah. yeah right and like you're a natural explorer you want to learn you want to challenge yourself exactly experience new things. yeah and there had to have been a point where it didn't feel new anymore exactly now you are going to the same cities and you did this exactly you went to these, hotels, these restaurants yeah and-, and that to me was like the sign that I was like okay this isn't enjoyable for me anymore like here I am in Paris on like a two-night layover and I'm like ugh, and I'm Paris <laughs> yeah and I'm like all I want to do is like just get back to Abu Dhabi or I'm like complaining about things right. like and it's like it okay exactly it kind of lost that like sparkle to it like a little bit of the magic and then that really made me think like okay well what am I doing here and like you know is this something that how much longer can I be doing this you know and and I was really sort of thinking about my next step and I wasn't ready to go back to Australia because I felt like now I'd already got to a point it was like I can't just turn around and go home I can't go back no No, it's like and and you know and I didn't want to stay there and I, I was like I knew this isn't my spot long term like there's a lot I like about the Emirates but like it just didn't feel like my place right and that was a massive stepping stone yeah now that I know the end of the story yeah, like I know. Right. So, like, you know, I know that this was just a, something you had to exactly. do. Exactly. It was a stop along the, the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a layover. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, and around sort of, I think a few months before I started really feeling like, okay, what's next? I, so not all crew can travel to the US. You need to like work for an airline for a certain amount of time and then you apply for a US visa to be able to travel as a crew member. And um, so I ended up getting that visa and I started doing flights to Chicago, New York. 
Um, where else did we go? Washington, D.C. at the time. Oh, okay. And so that was kind of my, like, glimpse into the U.S. Was that your first time visiting? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, that was my first time. Cool. I think my first time was New York. Oh, like, my first, like, exciting. step into the U.S. was New York. And then I would, like, fly to Chicago a lot and Washington, D.C. So you were going to and major cities, which can be overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I was just there and I remember just, like, loving everything about the U.S. And I would do all my groceries at Trader Joe's and oh, I'd, like, yes. pack them in my suitcase and have groceries for it. Like, my suitcase could, like, barely close and they're like this is so heavy and yeah and it was like jars of like almond butter and whatever else um yeah and like I just there was so much I loved about the U.S. like I'm trying to like think of more things other than just like the stores and the shopping but But yeah there was just like a vibe about it like I just loved how the city it was different yeah and it just it felt very much like home to me but like on a grander scale like it was it was like yeah and I was like I just love the U.S. and I like you know I do little things like I got like a CVS club card And, like, I really kind of, like, tried to feel like, like, this is my spot. Like, I live here. And I really kind of, I felt like that. You know, I'd, like, shop at Whole Foods. And I had had my, like, little routines I would do when I went to the U.S. And then I really thought about, okay, like, where's my next move? And it was around that time that a friend had told me, a friend from Australia, had said, like, oh, like, I didn't tell you, like, so-and-so, a friend of ours, um, won the green card lottery. And I was like, the what? And she was like, the green card lottery. It's like, you know, you enter this thing and they give you like a green card so you can like move to the US and you can live and work there legally. So it's like the, okay, so you have to explain it, like the lottery. So So it is fully random. Yeah, it is literally a lottery. And it's crazy because a lot of people I say to have no idea. And like, to give you an example, one of my best friends in Dubai, she's British. When I told her, I was like, babe, like I won the lottery, like I won the green card lottery. She's like, oh my God, how much did you win? Like like, people, yeah, like people don't know that it's like, it's a lottery to win a green card to go to the US so much more valuable right yeah in many ways exactly and so yeah so it's literally a lottery um it happens once a year and the one that I entered they had 10 million entrants and only about 50,000 of those people actually got the visa so like that it's like a 0.01 chance of getting it and you think that you were gonna get it yeah you knew yeah I knew big and I'll tell you why I told you she was fearless (laughs) and I'll tell you why it's just because I like either way like no matter what happened I was like I'm moving to the U.S. So you like, had an intention. Yeah, I had set that intention and I like I had no idea how it was going to happen and I had even thought like, you know, maybe I'll save up a bunch of money and I'll move over and I'll try and get a company to sponsor me. Or like I even, you know, had a boyfriend at the time who I was seeing long distance and he was from the States. And You're he... Like, I will get married. Yeah, I was like, so either we'll end up together or like some somehow I just knew it was going to happen. Like I knew it was in my path. But isn't that sort of what they say? Like when you're doing the secret or working manifestation, like you aren't supposed to think about the how. Yeah. This kind of, and that's the hardest part. Exactly. Like 99% yeah. Of people like, no, but really how? Because your brain you wants to do that. Think, like, yeah. No, but really how am I going to do this? But you're supposed to just put that all aside and yeah. say, it doesn't matter how. Exactly. It's going to work out. Yeah. So you have that natural ability. Yeah. Girl, keep manifesting. Thank <laughs> you so Oh, trust me, I do. Um, and yeah, and I just kind of felt like I knew either way. Like, and exactly. you know, and I had like people saying things to me like, oh, like it's really difficult to get it, get like to live in the US. Like my friend tried, couldn't get a visa, had to move back. Like it's really tough. Like, you know, and I had a lot of people kind of being negative about it. And I just, I was just let it like roll off my, I was you like, yeah, to. yeah, you well, that's, that's their own experience. I'm not going to make it my experience. Like well, I'm going to have my own experience. Minds. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so I had already kind of decided and 
I, when I entered the lottery, I was like, I think I'm, I was like, I'll probably get this. Like I just sort of knew. And it was funny. Cause like, it's funny that you mentioned the secret. Cause it was around that time that I had watched the secret. Like oh, okay. one of the girls I flew with was like, have you watched the secret? Like you should watch it. It's crazy. And I was like, what is it? And then I watched it. I was like, whoa, like we, our mind is powerful. Yeah, like yeah. we can set intentions and like a lot of, you know, things in our life are products of our thoughts. And it really like resonated with me. Cause I was like, you know, there are so many times where I'll have those bad days and I'll be like, Ugh, I hate flying. Ugh, I don't want to travel to this country. I don't want to do this. And then you get on the flight and the crew's awful. The passengers are awful. The flight's bumpy. It's just a bad time. But then I started kind of like testing myself and I was like, okay, what if I'm like, you know what? I'm so grateful to be here right now. Like out of all these girls in the world who like want to be in this position, here I am in this incredible job. I get to see the world. I earn a tax-free salary. Like there are so many positives and I would just have like a great flight or like, you know, so it really started like, I was like, huh, there's something here. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like that came to you at the right time. Yeah. Oh, totally. You sometimes don't even see it. You're yeah. like, oh, my friend just happened to tell me about the secret. But she didn't happen to tell you about the secret. Exactly. It all came to you when it was meant to come yeah. to you, which is a nice feeling. Exactly. It's comforting in a way because sometimes we feel like we're just like floating around in this mm-hmm. world. But when things like that happen and it feels like coincidence, yeah. sometimes it's connection and it makes you feel grounded. Exactly. And sense. you're like, oh, I'm like being sort of like guided on my path right. like it's you don't not feel so alone. exactly you're like oh these these things are kind of all meant to sort of fall into place and um yeah so then I, I applied for the green card lottery like sort of knowing that I would get it but then there was sort of like a six month waiting period between like the time that I applied and the time that I would find out right. you know if I was selected or not so what did and you do in that time were so, you still flying yeah so I was still flying and I was still doing a lot of trips to the U.S. and like some of this sounds like lame like take it as you will but like you know I would be in the U.S. and I would like there'd be, you know, like American flag hanging off a building. And I like look at, at that flag and I'd be like, yes, like this is my country. No, <laughs> and I'd like, and I'd have all these feelings of like, you know what? And like, like I told you, like doing my groceries, having the CVS club card, I'd act like I lived there. Right. Like I'd take, when I was in New York, I'd just like take the subway around and I'd just like right, stroll the streets. Life. And I was like, this is what my life would be like if I lived in the US. Like I really just made it feel like, it was already what it would be. Yeah. Right. Like this is what it would be like. Let me live it. Exactly. Like and and then so fast forward when, you know, like I so it came like a certain time and day and you had to check this website. And, and I remember so I was at the gym, I was on the elliptical and I was just like going at it. And then like I got the calendar reminder and I had set this calendar reminder for myself that said, Congratulations, like you have been wow. selected. And so the calendar reminder went off and I was like, Okay, now's the time. It literally said congratulations yeah. and you said that. Yeah. I had set that as like a, right? Yeah. And I've done that with other things as well, where I've like already said it, like, congratulations, you got it. Or like this happened, like first day at this new job for like an interview that I, like a job I'd been interviewing for. And then it ends up being my first day at that new job. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I find like these things always kind of the little tools that sort of like help me feel like it's real or like I can actually like see it because it's there. Exactly. So what did you do? So I was on the elliptical going and then I like, so meanwhile, still just like powering away on the elliptical and I pulled up a web page on my mobile and I entered it in and then you enter like the sort of applicant number and then I like waited for it to load and then I saw it was like, you have been selected. Oh my God. 
Yeah, and then I was like, boom! I was like, I amped it up. I was like, yes! Yeah, and I was like, you know, just going like at a crazy speed. But I also had this feeling of like, yeah, of course. Like I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't to me, it wasn't like, what? Oh my God, what? No, I was like, yeah, like, cool. Like I knew it, you know, like, cause I, cause I'd expected it to happen. Did you have any fear in those six months? Any doubt? Yeah. Oh yeah. There were definitely some times where I was like, like, you know, I'd like crumble in a ball and I'd be like, what if this doesn't happen for me? And then what if this relationship doesn't work out? And just all the what ifs and all the different scenarios are like, oh, what if I should be staying in the Emirates? Like, what if there's an amazing job at the airline that I could get? or like you know yeah there so would that de- duality can exist you can be oh totally and write congratulations yeah and reminder and you can have those times that you crumble. exactly like look you more, both. yeah like I th- I'd say probably like 80 percent of the time I was like look I'm moving to the U.S. this is happening for me but there would definitely be moments of doubts doubt there or like times where you know people might say things or like and I'd like f- maybe for a second yeah, be like well yeah but you know I just like remain true and I like and I was also going to the states a lot around that time so I was able to kind of like convey those feelings of like you know just I guess like love for like the states and like being there and just like enjoying my time and just like giving it a lot of like good energy and good vibes and yeah so so you know definitely some difficult moments right. but I just kind of like I held on that humanizes it that makes yeah. me feel better I like, held you can't on always be 100% exactly confident all the time no and and I had also kind of set a timeline for myself like I was like okay like at this point in time like I'm gonna be sort of like getting ready to leave like I'm getting ready like I was preparing myself to leave the Emirates even though I didn't know for sure what the next step was I was like I'm just preparing for it yeah so yeah and then do you tell your family straight away yeah I told them straight away and even they were like oh okay and I I remember even at the time like I think my brother was like oh you sure you want to move to America like what are you gonna do there like it might be hard for you to find a job like you know everyone exactly it makes you it takes like you know, it deflates your balloon. No, it does. And that and that happens, like, I feel like so often, like, you know, because you can be so excited about something, but then people will come at it from a place of, like, yeah, as you said, concern or, like, love or, like, maybe they're touching on, like, one of their past experiences right. or, like, their inability to see how something might work out. And that's that kind of comes out in a negative way, but you really just have to kind of, like, block out all yeah, of their noise and yeah absolutely well, there's no going forward exactly stuck. yeah and so um yeah and so when I kind of said like okay this is happening for me around that same time my airline announced that they would start doing non-stop flights from Abu Dhabi to LAX okay. and that, and that they were building yeah LA. and that they were building an airport team and so I was like well clearly I'm going to apply for this position because you know I, I already I had like at that moment I had got my green card oh actually to backtrack a little bit so once you get selected like that's a hard part but right. then from that point you know it does it's not a guarantee you have to have all these forms you have to have a police report you have to go and have an interview with the American consulate and for me it was the American consulate in Abu Dhabi oh, so and it's a process still. yeah it's, it was a real process like that process was about a year from like the time that I found so out I was selected. Like, I thought that would be a no. Friday and on Saturday moves. Yeah, it was like, like it was like a woohoo and then it was like a oh, oh yeah, it was like, like here are all the thing, things I had to do. And um, I remember my mom was actually staying with me at the time of my interview and I was like freaking out and stressing because you could get to that point and go to the interview and then just sort of be like, well, actually, no. And everything could just kind of go back to like square one. So I was still like very anxious in lead up to this. And I had like said to myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to see a red blazer today. Like I'm going to see someone wearing a red blazer. Like this is my sign. 
And then the next day I had my interview and they called me. They're like, oh, number like 347, like up at the window. And I went up to the window and the woman who interviewed me was wearing a red no, blazer. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, I swear <laughs> to you. So I knew, so I smiled to myself. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be fine. I was like, everything's fine. Yeah. I feel like you have a gift. I mean... And I want you to touch me so I can get it. I mean, maybe. But yeah, but I guess I just started like testing little things, like just to kind of, you know... But that is the power of the mind. Yeah. And if you do it in many ways like that, imagine the capacity you could do it. Right, but how crazy is that? Like a red blazer, like such a specific... That's a bold statement. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And like, and I knew straight away, like, yeah, once I saw it at the window, I was like, oh yeah, this is happening. Like, I'm fine. It's a, yeah, it's a thing. And um, yeah, so then, and then I also like, needless to say, got that job at the airline working you know on ground so I was still with them but it meant I could move to LA with a job and then yeah which I think was comforting to me yes not flying anymore so my new role was like a I was like a VIP sort of concierge for like royal families and celebrities who we had flying on our airline and that was a whole that's so cool new chapter as well yeah so how did you pick LA I know like you know they were building this Mm -hmm. specific situation for you to be at LAX yeah but when you were going to New York and Chicago and DC were you thinking like I really want to go to LA. I really yeah. Want to go to I mean, I think like a lot of us, you know, you grow up and the movies you watch and the TV shows you watch, you know, a lot of it is set in sort of like LA pop culture right. and, you know, you see shots of like Santa Monica and Venice Beach and the Hollywood trees, and West Hollywood. Hollywood. Exactly. The palm trees like doing Runyon Canyon. It's right. like everything that everyone thinks it is, you right. know, and I just thought, you know, when I'm like a very sort of um, health conscious, like a healthy lifestyle, you know, person, especially being from Australia. And, you know, when I went through my own sort of like health journey, when I was a flight attendant and realized like, okay, like I need to be doing, you know, more things for my body because, you know, flying all the time, it really, you know, it's very taxing. And so, um, yeah. And so I just, I just had this idea that I would be in LA and also like, you know, I wanted to be a TV host for the longest time. And like, then I was like, when I was in Abu Dhabi, I was watching this TV show. Um, I like forget the name of it, but um, it's one, it's about a host school, like TV hosting school oh, in LA. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it was like drama queen. Or it's the, it's the Marky Costello yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, okay, that's where I want to be. So I was so like, I was like, I want to move to LA and do the Marky Costello like do. boot camp. That yeah. Was so specific. Yeah. It was, it was very specific because I did some TV hosting in Australia and I always like oh. loved it but then I was like working and then I you know was flying and traveling so I was like I want to get back to that and like where should I go for that so the obvious choice seemed like LA yeah and I I kind of and I think I'd already decided that before I'd even visited LA like I knew that that was going to be like my spot yeah totally totally yeah and then fast forward like it's coming up on my fifth year here oh, which is crazy thank you so much and now I can apply for my citizenship that's and everything so, so yeah so I guess that's like that's my how I got here but you're here journey. and you've done so many beautiful amazing things since you've been here yeah but I guess I didn't realize even when I first met you like I'm like oh she's from Australia so like wow she came a long way but hearing that it's like no 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 she didn't just come a long way. <laughs> she came all the different yeah. ways. And she manifested every step of it. Right. And that's very inspiring. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I just feel like you're the absolute, like, perfect person for, like, feeling the fear. Because you had mm-hmm. doubts. You had fear. Oh, yeah. You had massive changes. Yeah. Did you ever get cold feet? Yeah. I mean, there were definitely times where I thought, like, what am I doing? Like, the easy route would just be go back home 
get back into the industry that I was in, like try and, you know, reconnect with my friends, like, and just kind of get back to that life. Because, you know, for me, it was always like a what if. It was like, what if this doesn't work out? What if I don't make it there? What if I can't find a nice place? Like, what if I don't meet anyone? Like, it was, you know, just so many, like, yeah. And your mind, like, really can do that to you sometimes. And it's, and it's scary. And because, you know, that's one thing that people say to me all the time. They're like, did you move out here with your family? And I'm like, no, like, you moved out here alone. And like, I think by that point, I was, you know, very independent and kind of accustomed to just sort of moving places. Like I just sort of set a goal and I just move there and do it, you know, and not really. Kind of who you are. You're like, this is happening and I'm doing it. And yeah. Oh, look, I already did it. Exactly. I and I think that's definitely a part of it as well. Like not, not to say I didn't really think through my decisions, but it got to a point where I just sort of like set the goal and I was like, well, I'm just going to do this. But once you have your eye on the prize, mm. you didn't really like exactly. go away from that. Exactly. Like, I was like, no, doing. Yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, and just like my answer, like the worst thing, worst case scenario, you can always come back home. You can always go back to like where you were before, you you know, and you'll be a bit more wiser. You'll have more of an idea of what you want. But if you never really go and like experience, you know, another way of living or like a new country or just like a new experience in general then you know you're always you'll always be wondering right. you know yeah, yeah. you never want to do like what if I did this in the exactly other like without trying yeah if you were still in Australia and like yeah there's gonna be what ifs in life yeah but what if you were still in Australia and you're saying what if I did you know apply for that flight attendant what if I did apply for the green card like those are the te- those are the worst exactly the yeah yeah what if I don't find a place or what if I don't meet a significant other or what if I don't have a nice place to live those are the what ifs you can deal with exactly because you can always grow Grow. Yeah. And you can find them later. Mm-hmm. There's no set timeline of when you have to find those things. Yeah. And now you haven't really stopped the adventure. No. Like from listening to your story, like in the order it goes, then you're still on it. Oh, I'm still on still, still very much on it. Yeah. But thinking about all the things you've done in the past five years here, mm-hmm. like you've done so much. Yeah. You've really carved out a life for yourself. Mm-hmm. In LA, and you can probably attest to this, is a very transient city. Yeah. There's not a lot of connection. There is a lot of I don't know how to describe it. How would you describe it? Sort of like, I don't want to say vapid, but like there's some, no, it's, sometimes it feels a little empty. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, you know, it's very transient and it's it's hard to like meet your people and make your friends. Like I'm so glad we met and like we connected straight away and just had like such a solid, like in-depth friendship. It wasn't like very surface level, which, That's what it is, yeah, level. which like when I first moved to LA, the friends I had were just like want to be Instagram stars right. who like didn't care about anything other than like hey can you take this photo of me and you certainly you know? didn't live that entire story that we just had the privilege of hearing yeah. to do that no exactly like you didn't you're like I didn't like manifest my life to come to LA and live in the United States no. to take pictures for Instagram exactly or take somebody else's pictures for Instagram exactly and but you know it takes a little while to kind of like you know as find you figure groove. out yeah find your groove and like find your spot in LA and you know I live like in different sort of neighborhoods and, and I feel like I'm finally at a place now where like I love where I live and like it's you know it's definitely it's home so right. yeah oh, yeah you've carved out like a beautiful life for yourself like I said before you're a bride to be yes congratulations thank you so much <laughs> and like, you have a great place where you live yeah and sort of like probably took a few places of living different yeah. places to find that yeah you found your friends mm-hmm. and it's not just like one friend or one group of friends you sort of have like different parts of your life yeah. like, you have your work friends mm-hmm. you have we met in class you yep. have your class friends you have your improv friends yeah so you definitely and I admire that because I also moved cross country mm-hmm. within the same country, yeah. of course. So that's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But I also was married. Yeah. So living here, like, it was scary and there was fear, and I did feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. But I did have that safety net. Exactly. Ryan yeah. Is my home, and I say all the time, like, Ryan is my home, so we could live anywhere. Yeah. Um, 
And there is a safety in that. And that's a safety that you didn't have. Yeah. And so I really admire you doing that because that's no joke. Oh, thanks. And like a lot of people stay where they are because they're scared. Yeah, exactly. And doing things alone is scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, even doing this podcast, like Ryan helps me on the sidelines. (laughs) And I almost feel like, but can you just host it with me? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that's we, when you get the greatest reward. Exactly. Because you like you did you made this life and although you're getting married to a great guy, yeah. you made this life. Yeah. And like you did all of this before you met him. That's true. That's sort of like a big accomplishment. Yeah. That you should be proud of forever. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I will say like definitely things are a lot easier and like sweeter and right. nicer, you know, being in a relationship and just having that support safer, person and yeah. yeah, and safe a bit. Um and, you know, but when I was younger, it was like, you know, I was going out. I was like, you know, in big circles of friends and like, you know, your priorities shift, you oh, know, and 100%. it no longer was important or interesting to me to be part of that like L.A. crowd right. that I was, you know, when I first got here, like it just didn't resonate with me anymore. And it felt like kind of gross. Right. I remember yeah. when we first met and you would tell us those stories <laughs> and we'd be like, oh, no, girl, right. People. And that was why I was like, but so you help it. I know because you just kind of get like pulled in different directions. Yeah. So you're taking it wherever you can get it. And exactly. And people don't turn out to be the kind of people you want in your life. I mean, there was yeah. no way of telling that at first. Exactly. And that's why I was, like, so glad when we met. Because I was like, oh. And Madison as well. I was like, here are these, like, real girlfriends. Right. And, like, we went on trips together. Right. We had, like, dinners together. We would speak about, like, our lives and, like, real connect things. with each other. And, you know, when I lost my aunt, like, you two were there for me. And, like, just having that support from friends is just, like, it means everything. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I always say to Ryan all the time, like, we were going through things when we first, like, Ryan and I and, like, family planning and all that when mm-hmm. we met. Yeah. When you and I met and so I always say like you and Madison came to me at the perfect time because I was living out here and I didn't have any friends I did have Ryan so like we would sort of be like in our own world yeah but you two came to me at a time that it was like perfect and I'll never forget like we went through something else and you guys sent me flowers and you're like this is from your lady gang and yeah like, I don't know like we, we've been through ups and downs mm-hmm. in such a short friendship yeah time, but we really did come to each other at the right time yeah Totally. And we have a lot of common interests, mm. like all three of us, you know, yeah. sort of like we're all in the hosting world. Yeah. We all want the connection, but not the surface connection mm-hmm. that LA usually is. It's like we want the deeper connection. Absolutely, which yeah. Which like we really found. A hundred percent. Yeah. About. Oh, I feel so lucky. Yeah. I feel so lucky to be here so right lucky. now. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing story. Okay. So I have a few questions. Yeah. I'm going to branch out from your story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I actually asked... Um, the, like the listeners or like the little you know people who follow Wonderfield, I asked them questions and they gave some feedback so one of the questions was how do you cope with fear so I know you manifest that's mm-hmm. one of the major things you do I'll get I'll let you think about it and I'll give you some yeah. answers that they came up with Jen says I try to talk it out and think rationally which I think is huge oh yeah and a couple people said things like this like um I reflect on some Meg said like I'm reflecting on why is this controlling me so if you really mm-hmm. ask yourself like why is this fear controlling me? Like, what is it really? Like, when you think of it in those terms and think rationally, I think that sort of, like, alleviates some of it. Do you agree? Yeah. Oh, totally. Because otherwise it's just sort of going around in your head. Right. And, you know, you can sensationalize it and make it feel like it's far worse than it actually is. Right. Yeah. 100%. 
And, um, oh, Madison said something, and we obviously love mm. Madison. She's our people. But she said um, a way to cope with fear is praying, which yeah. definitely helps a lot of people. And this is something that I really relate to that she said, planning. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I feel like um, you can't plan for a lot of things in life. That is such a Madison response, such, and I love yeah, it. And such a yeah, I can just see life. her being like, right, I'm worried about this thing, so I'm going to plan it out. Right. Yeah, but, but it's a real, like, it's such a great coping mechanism really to plan. Is. And, and I do the same. Yeah, yeah, and it's positive, and it's like um, you're doing something interactive. Yeah. Like, I might not be able to actually control this, but writing this out mm-hmm. or planning this. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be as, as well prepared as I can. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something out of my control, at least I did everything I could exactly. power, which I thought is so great. Yeah. And then Jessica said, which I think this is really important and something I have to work on. I try to look at it from an outside perspective. Is this logical and what's the worst case scenario? That's what I like, do. Like, is it that really? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So relate to that. So that was Jessica. Yeah. yeah. She's really smart. So she knows what's what. Like, yeah. is this really logical? Yeah. What's the worst thing that's going to exactly. happen? Exactly. When you get in those terms... It really takes the oh totally because when you really think if the what like when you think about the worst thing that can happen and then think about that happening you're like well even then like yeah sure that might be difficult but like you'd still find another way or you'd still come back from that i'm still okay exactly (laughs) still one whole human yeah Yeah. so the next question i ask is what are some techniques for alleviating alleviating anxiety now i you know i have anxiety Mm. i'm a very anxious person by nature and i try really hard to overcome it it's something that's like a lifelong struggle for me and I'm sure a lot of people, but I got some good responses that really made me feel better. Yeah. This one, okay, this is from Talking Petty Podcast, which guys, you should listen to that podcast. Okay, awesome. yeah, I'll check them out. Yeah. They said the Headspace app, which okay. I have not heard oh, of. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So I'm going to check that out because I didn't, I mean, like, it totally makes sense that there's mm-hmm. something even on our phones that can help yeah. us, which is great. Lexi says, yoga and meditations have worked wonders for me, mm. and also focusing on slowing my breath. Because when she catches her breath, she feels like she can be, like, a little bit more in control. Yeah. The anxiety is not so overwhelming, Mm -hmm. which I think that's a good one, too. Uh, Jen, same thing. Deep breaths, going for a run. And I like this, too, that Jen said, addressing it head on. Yeah. Because if I'm anxious about, like, a friend or, Mm -hmm. like, oh, is this... Sometimes it's totally, like unrealistic yeah this person mad at me I haven't heard from them yeah I mean that even happened with us yeah like I think we were both like very busy like, and I'd like text you and then you text me then we were kind of back and forth and then I think one of us hadn't responded or something right. and then I was like oh my god she hates me it's not like fun. yeah like, gets in the way but then you can anxiety yeah is such a beast yeah anxiety will tell you that your best friends hate you that your family right? doesn't like you that nobody likes you. I know and then and then when I like finally reached out to you I was like hey Kaylin like I'm so sorry if there's and and you're like what yeah. you're like everything is fine like, like relax yeah <laughs> and, and I remember saying to my fiance I was like oh my god like I take he's like see I told you right. like it was and all in your man, head yeah, yeah. Too. like I feel like it's I don't know like it was like just text it like it was like what's and the yeah. it perfectly address it head on yeah and like again and going back to the first question when someone says what's the worst case scenario like yeah if you do face something head on and it is the worst case scenario yeah. you're still okay exactly you know? yeah that's a good one okay Heather, we know Heather. Mm. She says CBD oil. Oh. Which is something I'm like I'm hearing about now personally on yeah. social media, but I have no experience with. But I feel like I've heard that a lot about anxiety. Yeah. Something to look forward. Oh, it helps. Yeah. Something to look into. And then Jessica says, I asked myself, is this still going to affect me in a month or a year? Mm. And if it's like, and if it is, I create a baby step. Yeah. That's what she says. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. Because baby step, I'm just baby stepping through life. Yeah. I don't know about you. And then Meg says. Talking through the fear and trying to face it. And I like this, what she said, too, because connection is a big thing for me. Yeah. And she said chatting uh, with my people. Mm. Like talking to her people, like her yep. innermost circle, her trusted friends. 
like talking it out, like I'm having this anxiety. And sometimes your friends are the best mirrors. Oh yeah. Me. They'll just tell you like, yeah, either a you're crazy. And mm-hmm. This is all in your head or yeah, I know. And I know it's scary and I'm here for you. Yeah. So either way they're there for you. Yeah. But you huge. need that. And just like voice it. And that's what I do with Chris a lot of the time. Like yeah. I'll say to him, I'll be like, this is what I'm thinking. Like, and I feel this way. And he'll be like, what? Like, no, like it's all, and just to be able to like voice it and get it out, right. so it's not just like stuck in your head. Right. I think helps so much. When it's in your body, it feels like it takes up every cell in your body. Yeah. And then when you speak it out loud, it just like disappears mm-hmm. into the wind, which is yeah. kind of like a nice feeling. Totally, it's a like a relief. It's it is. yeah, yeah. One of the things I wrote down in my outline is like um, this thing called like the balloon method, mm. where like you take in your mind mm-hmm. all your anxiety or all your fear, and you take a balloon and you're filling up the balloon with all your nervous energy and like everything you're worrying about, all the fears, all the what ifs, all the worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. And you take the balloon in your mind and you close your eyes and you either pop the balloon or you just let it fly away. Oh, I love that. And Even just like way. imagining that, as you said, I was like, ah. Oh. Oh. Like, oh, think about the relief. way it takes off your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fly away or just, like, pop it and mm-hmm. have that pop in your ear like it is done. Yeah. Like, I love, love that. that balloon. Yeah. I've seen, like, a lot of, like, visual representations of yeah. that. Yeah. And I love that idea. Um, and then the last question I asked on Instagram peeps was, favorite quotes about facing fear? Heather says, you can and you will. Yeah. And that's just, like, very straightforward. Yep. You can do it and you will do it. Mm. Kind of like how you've always, like, faced life. Like, I'm yeah. doing this. And that's it. It's simple and it's effective. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then Jen had two good ones. Jen said, the fear you don't face becomes your limit, which is so true. Mm. Because if you don't face it and go forward, that's the, that's, that's the limit. You just yeah. created it and that's your boundary. Wow. You that's like, that's really like confronting. I know. Yeah. Like, but I love it. Yeah. The fear you don't face becomes your limit. Mm. And then she said, decide that you want it more than you're afraid of it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like that's that another one great one. Yeah. I like yeah. That one too. Well, I've heard the one too, like about the staircase. You don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. Yeah, like love that it. One. Yeah. And then I like this one too that I heard. I'm not gonna like remember it exactly now. It's on my phone, I think. Um, what is it? It's like um, if you're if you like can't stop being scared, just do it scared. Yeah. Like, like just be scared and do just it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it scared. Yeah. Like if you can't get over it. Just do it scared. Mm. And then that's just like everything. Like yeah. we were in hosting class together and we would be so nervous. Even though yeah. it's just like a bunch of like talented right. young people yeah. just trying. But you can't help but be nervous. Mm-hmm. Just do it scared. Yeah. We did it scared every week. Oh, every week. Yeah. And what yeah. about improv? Do you find oh, fear in improv? absolutely. I mean, it's so crazy to even think that like I took my first improv class. Because it was funny, like, I, from that hosting boot camp I did, the one that I, like, told you I, like, moved here to. <laughs> the manifestation. Yeah. Um, a guy who I had taken that class with said, oh, I'm going to take an improv class. Like, do you want to do it with me? And I was like, improv? What's that? And he was like, oh, it's, it's like, fun. Like, just, and I was like, I really didn't know what I was signing up for. But I was like, well, if you're doing it with me, like, I'm not going there alone. I'm not, right. you know, I have someone Connection. that I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we took this improv class together. And um, then I was like, oh, I really like this. But it was that first class or that first kind of um, level of improv was terrifying. terrifying. So terrifying. But then it got to the point where like I eventually was in an indie team. And like then when we started doing shows, we were terrified and it was like such a big deal. But after like so many shows, it just got to the point where we were just like, who cares? And that's how I approach improv now. Like I will be so silly, so ridiculous, so like just embarrassing, you know, but like who? seen you do it it's a whole other side to you like you're so professional and put together in your in your everyday life yeah but improv is a great outlet for you yeah because you are facing fear every time yeah. 
And you, uh, you do, your silly side does come out. Oh, yeah. It's so nice to see. You can just be so silly and, and then There's really, no it's like, it's like, who cares? Right. Like, and, and just to, yeah, yeah. The who cares thing, sometimes, like, I do that too to, like, take some, like, the sting out of something. Yeah. Because sometimes I can be like, oh, who cares? But it's like, if you put it in a way that's, like, positive, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun. That, like, sometimes is like, I don't know, that pops the balloon for me a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, who cares? Like, 100%. Who cares? Just or just, it. like, being able to laugh at yourself. Right. Like, and I think that's something that, like, not everyone can do. Because, you know, in the class, you know, like, initially it was like, oh, how am I being received? Do I look stupid right now? Do I sound dumb? Like, is what I'm doing ridiculous? But then it's, like, really, like, leaning into that right. and being like, I look so ridiculous right now. What I'm doing doesn't make any sense, but it's hilarious. And, and like. Like an old laugh, yeah. Then it just like takes all the nerves out of it. Exactly. Everyone's being as ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. And like you know now like my team, you know we were really scared with our first shows, but now we're at the point where we don't even like warm up. We just like get on there and like the more ridiculous it is, the more silly it is, the more like we just make fun of ourselves. Like the more fun we we have, and the more fun the audience has. Like it's just yeah. So doing it like consistently, eventually that does go away. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm wondering that about the podcast. Yeah. I do get a little bit like nervous before even when it's, it's only been two episodes and it's only been my friends yeah but like, yeah, it's good to know that like the more you like oh, work that muscle. 100%. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just like that muscle. And also I think it's like getting to a point and like, I don't know if this is just something with like age or like whatever it is, just getting to a point where you're like, who cares? Right. Like back to that, who cares? Like, or just like, it's like, it's not a big deal. Like right. it's not, it doesn't need to be bigger or scarier like than I, exactly. <laughs> it's just like having fun with right. it and just like not making this like big scary thing and thinking like, Oh, this is how I look. But really sort of like being vulnerable and just like throwing it up in the air and being like, Oh, so who cares? Like, right. yeah. And that's awesome advice for improv. And like, I wonder if you could take that and translate that into the the big picture of life too. Like if you're oh, going to totally. a big job interview, not like saying who cares like in a bad way, but saying like who cares? I mean, they're gonna get this. No, or really. Not. Like, if you could take like you know the yeah of things. Because has it like ever happened with you where like something you like care about so much and you want so much and then like you don't get it, but then something that like you really don't care about like you and then you end up getting it like oh, it's yeah. like yeah and you're like wait a minute I was putting all this like energy into something else exactly yeah, yeah. and time. it's like and I think it's just like an energy thing it's like when you kind of like oh like stress yourself out over it but when you just kind of like sit back and allow it or like you know even just like with job interviews or oh, whatever yeah. and like and you're just kind of like oh and they're like we'd love to offer you the position you're like I don't even really want this yeah, but it's yeah. like it's because you didn't want it that it, like I swear don't they say that yeah the auditions that you go in for and exactly you're like, whatever yeah you get them yeah. The one you want so bad and you're like you're like really yeah, stressed about it. Exactly. But I get that you're right, it's energy. Yeah. Because they can sort of like I think in anything, improv, auditions, like in the entertainment industry or job interviews, no matter what it is, people want to see someone like a cool energy. Yeah. Calm energy. Like, and they and they just want to see you. Right. Yeah. If you go in like a stress ball sweating, like it's visible and yeah. like you're visibly nervous, then they're like, Okay, we can't peel back all these layers no. to see who you really are. Exactly. And I actually listened to Lady Gang uh, last week, and they, yeah. they had someone on who was in like the um, like a stylist in the inter- like in the modeling industry, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, when I do interviews, because now he's like very successful, but he remembers how it felt back in the day when yeah. he was interviewing. He's like, when I interview people, like, yeah, they can like Google what I what I usually ask in an interview, or like how to prepare for a Vogue interview, or like how to get the job and all the right things to say. He's like, I don't ask any of those questions. Yes. Like, I come in and I'm like, oh, do you watch Game of Thrones? Or, like, yeah. a person or a dog person. Like, I just want to see. I can tell. He said, I can tell straight away if you're going to be good at your job. Like, yeah. If you're, I can look at your resume. Yeah. I can see that you went to the right schools or you have the experience. This conversation is just to see if I'm going to enjoy spending time with you every Exactly. Day. 
like, are you a cool person? Like, are you, like, relaxed? Yeah. Like, do you have a personality? That's kind of more what they want to see. 100%. And if people who are interviewing go into the interviews with that mentality, like, listen, these people might, yeah, right now they're, like, above you, mm-hmm. like, in this company or this job, but they just want to see who you are, and one day you might be that person yeah. interviewing. And you don't want the person to be nervous, so put exactly. yourself in their shoes. Yeah. And, like, just be chill, like, be yourself. Exactly. Because that's actually what really gets you the job. Yeah. Because there's, there's, you know, there's only one year. I know. <laughs> and, like, I went, because, you know, I'm a nanny. Yeah. And I was really nervous for the interview. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, we were meeting at a Starbucks, and I was, like, had my little teaching portfolio <laughs> dressed up. Oh, I could just imagine it. Yeah, you want to be, like, like so prepared. So prepared. Like, yeah. And I was, like, okay, Googling all the questions, like, how to be a nanny. How to be a nanny in L.A. Right. Like, oh, my God. Like, it was different, like, things. Yeah. And so I was all prepared. I had my binder. My binder's this thick. No joke. (laughs) (laughs) And the dad from the family gets there and he's like, no joke. This is what he said to me. What should I be asking you? And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah. Like, tell me. Like, sell. Like, kind of like sell yourself. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God. He's like, because he's like, I don't really know what to ask you. Yeah. I'm not in this industry. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a nanny. And so I was like, oh my God, like this is the perfect opportunity to just like, he doesn't really know. No. So let me just tell him everything yeah. great to like sell myself. And, like, exactly. That was such a nice feeling. And you can do all the preparing you want. Yeah. And you can do all, but you never know how interviews are going to yeah. go. So anyone out there who's feeling like fear about an upcoming interview, an upcoming audition or like whatever it may be. Yeah. Just be yourself. Right. Because yeah, like it um, reminds me of someone told me like you know even with auditions it's like when they're auditioning you like a lot of the time they're just sort of thinking like you know do I want to spend the day with this person do I want to be on set with this person is this person likable and fun and cool because you know you end up working together and it's like you could be you know incredibly talented and like a master of your craft but if you're just like not very likable or if you just don't kind of click it's like well I don't really want to spend a whole day with you exactly yeah that's so true because Think about the people. Okay, we've done auditions. Yeah. Like commercial auditions or whatever auditions mm-hmm. it may be. And now these people have been listening to a hundred people say the same yep. lines over and over. Like we thought we memorized them and said them in our car a million yep. times on the way, but they have literally heard the same thing. Yeah. I think they're more casting you on like when you slate at the beginning mm-hmm. and like the two second conversation. At the oh, end. totally. I think that's what they're really basing yeah, it on. Yeah. Totally. Like you can mess up three lines in the middle. Yeah. And you might still get it over someone who was like perfect, yeah, well spoken. Mm-hmm. But like when they're like, hey, like I'm Maya Dalton, and like, oh, they're like, oh wow, she had like a very like genuine energy. Yeah. And they're like, okay, have a nice day. Like, oh, yeah. she was on time. She was polite. Exactly. Like, she was cool. But like you know, it's that's really what they're basing yeah. it on. So you can't let the fear like overtake you. Oh no. Not at all. Okay. So. I have a little bit, a little bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I told you a little bit about the segments. Mm-hmm. So I told you about the be the good, see the good. Yeah. Okay. So I know you have a little, a little something to share. Yeah. Maya, I'm gonna brag on you because I know you're not gonna brag on yourself. You were the good. Okay. You were trying to tell me about this cool thing that sure. you saw, but you did it. <laughs> No, girl, you didn't just see it, you did it. Okay, so maybe I was the good. Sure, <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, so I saw this story um, on social media the other day, and it was this little girl who was in hospital, like awaiting a surgery, and she loves dogs. And she just asked if people could send in pictures of their dogs, and they had like a P.O. box address there. And I just thought that was the cutest thing in the world. And I just like imagine this little girl like receiving this like influx of like letters and like, hey, this is my dog. And like, 
like little pictures of dogs or like doggy like cards or whatever and just like that putting a smile right and just like putting a smile on her face and just making her day so um on my like lunch break I went and got a card and like wrote like hey like you know I hope you love this and like put a little photo of my dog in there and like sent it off and And just I know (laughs) my Lola and just the idea of like her opening this card and seeing this like white fluffy little angel and going like oh look at this one like and you know just like brighten someone's day like put a little smile on her face and that's why like I'm a you know this I'm like a big I'm like a very big dog mom and like just I love all dogs yeah and um and you know I just love it even when I'm walking my dog and people like oh look at her like she makes people smile or like no she brings joy and I like I love that like and I love seeing like you know the effect like that animals have on people and just yeah you really went the extra mile because it wasn't just like I know like um I had the kids at Nanny Ford do like you can send like Valentine's cards, mm-hmm. but like to a children's hospital, but it's just a quick click of a button. Yeah. Them. But you like went out and got like a card and like yeah. you a picture of your dog. Like you really went the extra mile. And- you were the good. Oh, thanks, Kayla. I always saw the good. I guess I'm I was going to share good. it. Yeah. Let's <laughs> okay. Go. So you know how they have these challenges online, mm-hmm. social media. So I'm glad that you know both of our stories are social media. Yeah. They're in the positive light. Yeah. It's, it's actually very rare. Right. So for the fact that in the same week we could find two. Mm. So, okay, you know all these challenges. I won't like say any of the bad ones because I'm not even going to give it any time of day. Yeah. But you know there's like all these different challenges that teenagers do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're dangerous or like silly or something. Yeah. It's just dumb and not safe. The internet, the I internet. mean, yeah. And, like, you know, these kids are impressionable, and they want mm-hmm. to impress their friends or whatever. So I found this new challenge. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just sort of happened this month. And it's um, an environmental challenge. And the person who started it is named um, Byron Byron Roman. Mm-hmm. And his challenge is called the hashtag trash tag. Okay. And sometimes it's called the trash tag uh-huh. challenge. So I saw this online, and I was like, let me click on this, because the picture was of him sitting with, like, all garbage bags around mm-hmm. him. So I was like, okay, what's happening? So, okay, this is what he tweeted. Here is a challenge for all you bored teens. Take a photo of an area that needs some cleaning or maintenance. Then take a photo after you've done something about it and post that. Oh, Call I it the hashtag that. trash tag. I love that. Okay, so he's sitting, like, in a field. Like, he took a before picture. Mm-hmm. It's all litter, you know, garbage everywhere. Yeah. And then he took all these garbage bags, filled them all to the brim, and he's sitting, and he sort of, like, did it artistically where it's, like, he's sitting and surrounding him like a circle. Wow. And he posted that. And he said, you know, if these kids are going to do these sort of dangerous challenges mm-hmm. or like ridiculous challenges, why not do something that's actually going to help the yeah. world? So it totally caught on. Uh, I am like such a fan of seeing social media be used for good. Me too. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing it's story. It's awesome. So thousands yeah. of people have done it. It went viral. Oh, wow. Kids of all different ages are doing it. Families yeah. are doing it together. But like teenagers. And that's sort of like the spot. Yeah. Like, you know, you can like the kids I nanny for, their parents are so big into like helping mm-hmm. others and like doing the right thing. Yeah. Being grateful and all of those good things. But it's a little bit easier when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And then when you're an adult, you want to be a good person. So it's sort of like a little bit easier when you're an adult. It's that yeah. sort of in between. Yeah. Where you don't 100% know who you are, where you fit in the world, and where you're going to like find your connection. You're mm-hmm. doing these sort of things that aren't really true to who you are. Yeah. So when you can find something that teenagers connect to, I think that's like the biggest oh, yeah. mystery of life. Yeah, jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that's the sweet spot. Yeah. So it was so nice to see that. So. Oh, I love, I love that. that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Caitlin. So... Be the good, see the good. Guys, yeah. if you have anything that you saw or did in this world that's, like, amazing, wonderful, DM me, message me. I really – I love these stories. Like, I cry for all of them. I live for them all. They bring me such joy. So, everybody, be the good, see the good. Send them in. At Wonderful Week, DM me, please. Okay. The next segment is Attitude of Gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure you heard this on the last episode. Yeah. So, something that you're grateful for in this day, mm-hmm. something that you're just, like, really feeling good about. You have so much – 
so many beautiful things going on in your life. So like, just sort of like narrow it down to like today or like this week or something in the moment. You yeah. Know? One thing that I'm feeling really grateful for right now is connection. Mm. And I know that's like a little bit broad, but it's like, I did mention at the beginning of the episode, I got a lot of positive feedback from friends and like mm-hmm. friends I haven't talked to in a long time and family and random, like some people are strangers. Yeah. And I got a lot of like connection that way. But also, I was telling you, like, yeah. from having Wonderfield, I've met a few, like, online friends. Yeah. I told you I met the Maya and Madison of online. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I actually started, we started a book club, my mm-hmm. little online friends. Oh, cool. And so, like, I just was thinking, like, wow, like, the connection that I've gotten from having this Instagram. And, like, yeah. it seems sometimes, like, so silly or, like, you know, like, what could really become of this? Mm. But I've, like, had so much connection with people or, like, you know, different things, whether it's people sending positive reinforcement or like people send me things now and say like oh I think this would be nice on your page this oh, sort of that's incredible yeah, yeah so it's kind of like nice people are thinking of that yeah and I'm meeting a lot of other pages who are like positivity mm-hmm. or kindness or sort of like I love that with that yeah it's like, yeah my book club is like sort of something and I know it sounds like maybe not so extreme or like wow like that's yeah like, but I'm feeling so like grateful for that right oh now, totally yeah and I think like you've created like by creating one to feel like you've created this community and this like outlet and like a platform where people where you can like directly have these conversations with people and create direct like a direct connection between you and you're all on the same page and like if you had never sort of put yourself out there or created this like you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have had these conversations and I waited so long yeah I felt the fear and I didn't do it anyway at first (laughs) I just like heard something the other day like um because you know I think like a lot of us like wait for something to be perfect Mm -hmm. before we put it out there and it was like done is better than perfect yeah like just to have something done or just to like like say if you're trying to write a book and it's like you if you're waiting for that book to be perfect like it will never be written it will never be done but if you just do it like that's better than it being perfect because you've done it like yeah i have friends who are like i'm just waiting for like the perfect time to have a baby yeah my finances are right i'm like yeah when this i'm like wait not everything's gonna be right no you can't keep waiting for exactly five vacations and have exactly this much money in the bank and exactly this much time off work Mm -hmm. no like maybe you missed a vacation here and yeah. maybe you don't exactly have enough exactly. money to do it or maybe like you're only getting this much time off work but like just do it because yeah. it's going to be worth it and it always is yeah but you just have to like really put yourself out there yeah the time is now the time is now yeah. oh my gosh what are you grateful for um you, you know, have a lot to be grateful I have for. a lot to be grateful for I really do um but I'd say you know probably sort of obvious things like my wonderful fiance and like right. us like taking this sort of next step in our relationship I love this chapter of your life yeah it's like it's very special it feels very much like it's like I'm home now if that makes sense yeah, like it, it feels total sense and that's beautiful yeah like you know to like meet your person and to have this like you know support network and just to be in this kind of relationship where you're just like you know we're not perfect but you know we're like you know we just continuously have these like open conversations we're always trying to say like you know what can I do better how can I support you better and just to be able to have that like openness between us I think makes all the difference oh and that foundation that you're building is really going to help you absolutely so having those conversations now a lot of people don't have those conversations that early on it's sort of like all great yeah you're dating and it's fun you get engaged and it's exciting you have a wedding and it's wonderful but then you're not really prepared exactly hard times that they're gonna come yeah exactly so I think you know we definitely have that 
part of the relationship That's down. So and nice. then, you know, I'm just forever grateful for my little fluffy angel, Lola. Oh, <laughs> I mean, dogs Lola. are just the best. <laughs> she, like, yeah. And, like, you know, going back to what I was saying about, you know, being a flight attendant, that, you know, it has a real impact on your life. Like, I'd always wanted a dog. And I could never have a dog right? because oh, I'd be traveling all the time. Never mind the yeah. yeah, you couldn't really have so, that. So, like, being, a, like, a dog mom was, like, part of my whole, like, dream picture of, like, you know, when I moved to L.A. and, like, when I get settled, like, I will have a dog. That was on the board. Yeah, it was. And, like, at the time, it was, like, I think I had, like, a picture of a French bulldog or something on right. there. And, like, yeah, but, you know, um, Lola's, like, the perfect dog. And even the way that, like, I, f- I found her and she's a rescue and it was all, like, by such chance. And she's but just, like, so cute and wonderful. I know, there. right? It was, like, she and she'd been at the shelter for a month in this like out and she's like like, just to give you guys an idea she's a fluffy white shih tzu so if anyone knows what shih tzus look like they look like just like big eyes like round little face she's just like a little we call her like mashed potato like she's just a little like fluffy thing um but she like just brings me such joy and I'm so grateful like every you know every morning to be able to like take her out on walks and to be able to like cuddle her and just like yeah she's yeah. just no she brings so much joy so to much life. joy right. dogs are like the best oh like my yeah i'm like i guess you should get a dog <laughs> don't say that to me because i'll be like sending you i'll be like look at this cute like, dog this time is waiting for his yeah home. but yeah but she so she was in the shelter for a month and no one had like applied to adopt her which to me is crazy. Like, insane. if you see this dog, right. she is the She's cutest so dog. Cute. I, I yeah. Last one day. I know. I, I wouldn't like hours, like hours, and I think she she'd be snapped up. You. But she really She's was. Like, Mom, where are you? She really was. Like, she commanded this, like, only a lifestyle that only I could provide this dog. And, like, she, trust me, she's sitting on, like, a lap of luxury. Like, oh, yeah. she comes first in our relationship. And I, like, remind my fiance of that all You're the like, time. I was so like, you know, just so you know, like, yeah, it, you know, it was Lola and I. And, you know, we, we made the decision to welcome you into this. So just just don't forget that. Just oh yeah. I can't wait to see you as a mom. Right. <laughs> oh jeez. I know it's so nice to see um your progression because when I met you you were single. Yeah. And no dog. Right? And <gasps> single and no dog. And Who dog. was I? I, thought, like, you're so yeah. I? I've been so grateful to sort of like see this yeah. progression. You grow into the woman that you are and yeah. you're gonna keep growing. Right. And I can't wait for your wedding. Oh, oh I know. So I can't wait to have you there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have one last little section. Mm-hmm. You're off the hook now. I'm okay. just gonna do a quick artist spotlight. Okay. Um, okay. So what I started last week is uh, an artist spotlight, and it's gonna go in alphabetical order. So last week I did A. Now we're in episode two, so we're doing letter B. And the person who I'm spotlighting today is uh, their Instagram handle is at by Kelly Malka. So technically I know her name starts with a K, but her handle starts with a B. So by Kelly Malka. So uh, Kelly is a first-generation American. Her parents are Moroccan and French. Mm. She was born in LA and she now lives and creates in San Francisco. Her work is female-centric and I really find her illustrations and messages to be very relatable. Yeah. And although they're very uplifting, they're also very real. Because mm. they're not just like picture-perfect. Like, yeah. Life is great and it's not always like the future is female. Like sometimes it is like, you know, what we're really dealing yeah. with in life. And that's sort of what I like about it. It's very real. She uses a lot of colors in her illustrations, and she represents a diverse mix of women and feelings in her work, which I really like. So if you're looking for an artist to create an original piece for you, she does offer commissions. And she also has an Etsy shop, and all like her really cute drawings and illustrations on Instagram, she makes into greeting cards. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. I love a good, like, a personalized greeting card right. from Etsy. Oh, they have yeah. the best ones. And she's yeah. really talented. And like, oh, not I only is see. her work really cute and cool, yeah. um, but the messages are really, really mm. good. Nice and uplifting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So be sure to check out Kelly on Instagram at by Kelly Malka M A L K A. 
So, and fun fact, she says she can only um, do her illustrations while she's listening to podcasts. So Interesting. Helen, if you're looking for a podcast, listen to that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that's, like, sort of all we have here. So is there anything you want to plug or say or any final thoughts? Do you want people to follow your Instagram? No? You want to keep some anonymity and mystery yeah you know I'll keep a little mystery mystery? Um, yeah but you know I will just say like it's been so wonderful to be your guest and like you know not only as your friend but just as like another like creative woman and seeing you like create this podcast and have a platform to have these conversations I think is incredible and you're so much in your element so thank you for creating something so wonderful and so uplifting and like I know I listened to your first episode and I was like blown away and I and I like texted you the next on that morning (laughs) I was like Caitlin your (laughs) podcast because it it really resonated with me and all the themes were like so real and I think you know a lot of the time it feels like you're struggling with things on your own because people don't open up and talk about things but then yeah but then once they do you're like oh I'm not alone in this like a lot of people feel this way and it just kind of you know it makes you feel like hey you know what things are okay and I'm fine and like you know we're all kind of going through this together so you know it's just been so wonderful to be your guest and most of all your friend I love you so much and um and thank you so much for having me as a guest and I can't wait to see like where this podcast is going to take you and how it's going to grow and already it's incredible and I'm just so proud of you and thank you for creating this. Oh, thank you because I have to say, and what people don't know is I, I do keep mentioning how I've had the Instagram for a long time without actually doing the podcast. But what you guys don't know is like the countless happy hours that I was at with Maya and Madison and like them just being like, girl, do it. Like yeah. encouraging me and like totally like just embodying me with love and just filling me up with like all positive energy. And you really are like one of the main reasons because you're like, girl, just do it. I'll yeah. be on your podcast. Like, right. <laughs> and it's true. Like anyone out there who is sort of like not, not necessarily a podcast, but like anyone who's like feeling that they want to create something, do something, take the next step. It is scary and it is awful sometimes. And it can feel like it's consuming you or like it's insurmountable. But guys, feel the fear and do it anyway. That's yeah. the theme of this podcast today. And it's also just like the theme in life. Like if you're scared, do it scared. Yeah. Like, we've got this. Maya and I have got your back. <laughs> like, literally, don't be, ever be too afraid to try something new. Because yep. we're here for you, and we're in this together, and we got this, guys. I love it. Thank you so much for being my guest. I love you dearly. Thank you, I Caitlin. I can't wait for your wedding. It's going to be amazing. We have so many great things to look forward yeah. to together. And everyone out there, I hope that you've connected with this. I love you all, and stay wonderful.